Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. California National Guard personnel have arrived in the San Bernardino Mountains. They're there to help rescue residents who've been trapped in their homes for days by the recent heavy snowfall. Brian Ferguson is a spokesperson for the California Governor's Office of Emergency Services. These personnel are there to do direct life-saving activities, so going door-to-door if needed, using aerial assets, helicopters to bring people out. It's really all about saving lives and bringing in more resources early to help the community in the days to come. The San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department is also using helicopters to deliver military-style ready-to-eat meals to people. In the mountain community of Crestline, the town's only grocery store was destroyed when the roof caved in from the snow's weight. On the positive side, all of the snow and rain have put a big dent in the state's drought conditions. According to new numbers from the U.S. Drought Monitor, 17% of the state is now officially out of a drought. An additional 34% is classified as abnormally dry, but not in a drought. Add those numbers up, and that means more than half of the state is, at least for now, not experiencing drought conditions. But a statewide drought emergency issued by Governor Newsom in October of 2021 still remains in place. In a tweet sent yesterday, Carla Nemeth, the state's director of water resources, wrote that it will take more than a single wet year to make up for three years of drought in the Golden State. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as like the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. 
That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. A hunger strike at two California immigration detention centers is entering its third week. Advocacy groups say Immigration and Customs Enforcement is failing to properly consider the detainees' request to be released. KQED's immigration editor, Taiki Hendricks, reports. Fourteen days in, about half the 84 hunger strikers are still going without food, advocates say. They're protesting what they call inhumane conditions at two Kern County lockups, and dozens have filed petitions for release while their immigration cases proceed. Asim Mehta is an attorney with the Asian Law Caucus representing them. He says ICE is required to individually review release requests, but some, with hundreds of pages of evidence, were rejected within minutes. At bottom, they have a constitutional right to fair treatment and due process, and that right overrides any other consideration under the immigration laws. ICE officials declined to comment. For The California Report, I'm Taiki Hendricks. And an update to a story we brought you last week from LAist reporter Emily Elena Dugdale. It profiled grassroots efforts to get more books into the hands of incarcerated people in Los Angeles County jails. Well, this week, the LA County Board of Supervisors unanimously passed a motion directing the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department to improve the availability of books in the jail system. Supervisor Lindsay Horvath brought the motion to the board. We have the books Many people want to contribute. Even more people would love to do more if we just tell them where and how to do so. The Sheriff's Department has 90 days to report back to the board. In energy news, Pacific Gas and Electric has gotten the green light to keep operating California's last remaining commercial nuclear power plant beyond the year 2025. The Diablo Canyon nuclear plant in San Luis Obispo County had been slated for closure because of longtime safety concerns. But last year, state legislators passed a bill to keep the facility open until at least the year 2030. Lawmakers and Governor Newsom say the state needs Diablo Canyon to stay online, to meet energy demands, and to avoid power blackouts as California transitions to renewable energy sources. Some state agencies, like the Public Utilities Commission and the Coastal Commission, still have to sign off on the extension. Have you ever heard someone calling your name, but then you look around and no one's there? Or you feel your phone vibrate, but actually it didn't then technically you've experienced psychosis. For most of us, it will never go further. But for people who later develop schizophrenia, it often starts like this. This week on the California Report magazine, KQED health correspondent April Domboski meets three young people experiencing psychosis, including 20-year-old Sandy. Sandy's psychosis hit when she was working her first job after high school at a fast food restaurant. I used to be in the kitchen frying the food or making the burgers and stuff. It was after Christmas, and she'd been stressed out from working too much and not sleeping enough. My coworkers would just be chatting it up or, like, talking about work stuff. And Sandy got this weird feeling that somehow they knew what she was thinking. Like, her coworkers could read her mind and were discussing her thoughts. I was like... Are they talking about burgers or are they talking about me? <laughs> there was one coworker in particular, a guy she had a crush on, and she was pretty sure he was watching her, even following her around. If I was walking down the street or hanging out in the park, he was like always around. Sandy's mom says she wanted to sleep with the lights on. She said, Mom, 
is someone here? I can, is someone here? I said, no, no one's here. Are you sure? You can hear more of April's reporting on psychosis, new treatments for it, and the financial burdens it places on families on the California Report magazine this week. Listen on some public radio stations or to its podcast. Support for the California Report comes from Stanford HealthCare. Alerting listeners to the critical blood shortage in the area, now's the time to donate blood and make a difference. StanfordBloodCenter.org. Guideline. Their automated 401k plans can be set up in 20 minutes. More at Guideline.com CA. Guideline, the California way to 401k. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, which bets early on exceptional people making the world better, on the web at SchmidtFutures.com. And that is the California Report for Friday, March 3rd. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Brendan Willard, Jim Bennett, Catherine Monahan, and Seal Muller. Our producers are Izzy Bloom and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our interim director of news is Erica Kelly. Our vice president of news is Ethan Tobin Lindsay. And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm your host, Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great morning. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.